Thank you, everybody, for being here on first Wednesday. Who's had a busy week? You can be seated. Who's had a busy week? Who feels beat up? Who feels like the world got you instead of you getting the world? I got two hands up back there by two people. Come on. Crazy world. Right? You know, it's, it's crazy how you, you, you come to church. and on, I had a good time on Sunday. Sunday, to me, for, for me, was good. I left here encouraged. I left here ready to take on the world. And, you know, Monday came. And Monday happened three days in a row. Does that make sense? <laughs> Monday happened Monday. Monday happened Tuesday. Monday happened Wednesday. And here we are at church on Wednesday night. But you know what? That's okay. Because... I see the big picture, and I know what's happening, and I'm excited about that more than I am tired from the week. So thank you for being here. Thank you for sacrificing your time to come here. Uh, it's not taken lightly, uh, and, and we're going we're gonna to get something out tonight. I'm excited about our church. Is anybody excited about our church? Yes. You know, God is, God is doing some pretty sweet things and, and, and assembling some people and some workers, and, and he's, he's getting people here that want... That, that are wanting to see something happen and that are taking ownership and that are getting involved, right? Who was here for Trunk or Treat last weekend? Was it last weekend? Friday night. It seems like two weeks ago. It seriously seems like two weeks ago. Trunk or Treat was awesome. Yeah, we had like carnival games in here and food in the foyer and cars out there and candy everywhere. And that wouldn't have happened. But this is the, the first year my sister texted me and said, uh, somebody wants to come from work. What kind of food do we have? And I said, I have no idea. And I took that as progress. Because this is the first year I didn't know what was going on. And it's the first year we didn't have to do a lot of it. And, and, and to that, Michelle, thank you. You did a fantastic job. It was awesome, but I'm excited about where we are. I, I know that we're on the right track, and I, I know that we're having momentum, and I know people are excited, uh, but we are at the beginning of holiday season, <laughs> right? On the way here, we heard Michael Buble Christmas and Pentatonix Christmas. My kids, every time we get in the car, can I have the aux cord? And they plug their phone. They don't say it. They don't sound quite like that. But they plug their phones in, and they're playing Christmas music already. And we're starting the holiday seasons, and it's 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 gonna be crazy. But I have a question for us because we are now thirty-one. November has thirty days, correct? So thirty-one and twenty-eight. We are fifty-nine days away from January first. Right? Stop. <laughs> Just stop. We're 59 days away from January 1st. And if I were to ask every one of us in the room, at this time in 2015, we were thinking about things we wanted done in 2016. We were setting some goals, and we were planning some things, and we were dreaming some dreams, right? We were doing that. So we set goals, and I want to ask you, have you accomplished your goals, or have you made major progress toward your goals, or where you planned on being this time last year, are you anywhere near that spot? What have you done this year to help your dreams come to pass? And it got quiet right there, right? 
Because that's asking us actually to check up on ourselves and what we said and what we did. You got married. I think you accomplished one of your big goals. Right? That's our only goal for the year. She's done. She's probably the only one in the room that says, done. Everything I want to do this whole year, I have done. I am skating until January. Right? Who believes, and I want, I want to show of hands and I want you to be honest, who believes that anything is possible? Honestly. Did you say I guess? <laughs> some of us don't believe that. And some of you that raised your hand, you, you don't really believe it because you don't live your life that way. And here's why. When we're kids, we're told that we can be anything we want to be. Right, kids? You're told you can be anything. You can be a rocket scientist. You can be an astronaut. You can be a police officer. You, you, you can even be president, right? We're told we can be anything we want to be. We, that we can do anything that we set our mind to. And we're told that dreams come true. Right? The whole Disney theme is wrapped around when you wish upon a star. Right? I'm not talking about hocus pocus. I'm talking about dreaming something and following through to make it happen. I'm talking about dreaming big. Everybody say dream big. We're told that the sky is the limit, and, and we believe it because we, we start. If you notice, kids, they, they get their fire suits on or they want to be an astronaut. You know, when it, when it comes time to dress up for Halloween, what do they do? They're astronauts and they're presidents and they're all kinds of stuff. But we believe that stuff, and we look at the world like it's a world of infinite possibilities. We dream of being all those big things. Then it happens. Our dreams, our hopes, our ambitions, and sometimes even our optimism. You may have gone from being an optimist to a realist, right? They're all smashed by a negative world we live in, the people that, that we see or that we're surrounded by that have failed or settled. And our parents who once told us that we could be anything we want to be and do anything that we want to do sometimes even scoff at our dreams. Shame on me if I do that. They tell us to make sensible choices and safe decisions based on their experiences. Right? Wisdom. Exactly. Listen to my wisdom. Don't dream that dream. Don't set that goal. That's, that goal is too big for you. That will never happen. I hope you've never told your kids those things. Because anything can happen. And we're supposed to dream big dreams because we serve the God of exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. When my kids tell me they want something big, I'm like, well, pray for it. Pray for it. Because doesn't Scripture say that God will give us the desires of our heart? Not just the, the needs that we need, but it says he would give us the desires. of. Don't go pray for a Lamborghini and expect one in the morning. It's not like that. But if we have a dream and we pray and we work toward that thing, I believe it will come to pass. Don't settle or don't, don't negatively limit what your kids are dreaming. Don't negatively limit what you're dreaming and what you're thinking because that will hold you back from your true potential and what God wants to do. Think about the Old West. Does anybody like Westerns, Western books, Western movies? One of you? Two, three, four? I, when I was a teenager, I read Louis L'Amour. And there was always, the guy was always 6'2", wide shoulders, slim, slim waist, and he drew his guns faster than anybody else, and he always won the girl at the end of the book. Always. So in the Old West, people that lived on the East Coast, they had a deal where they could go west and get 160 acres of farmland. And it was called a homestead. And people set out from, 
from uh, the East Coast where we are and would, would travel west. They heard about the gold mines in San Francisco and all that all in, the, in the very far west. And they would set out to go out there. And they'd be on their way. Well, if, if everybody made it to San Francisco, we wouldn't have anybody living in Oklahoma. Would we? No one would live in Montana or any, anywhere in the middle of the country. At some point, people got so far and decided they liked something they found better or they were too tired to go on, or they ran out of money and settled somewhere, right? And they were called settlers. So some people got their fortune, some people got their farm, or whatever it was, and some people just got dead because of buffalo or or natives or Native Americans, whatever. But some gave up and went back home all for various reasons. The dream was big, and some accomplished what their dream was, but some settled for a little bit of success, and some gave up and had no success. I believe that we should have dreams, in every area of your life. My wife is a planner. She likes lists. I am the polar opposite of that because I like to just go and do it and what happens, happens. We're talking about something tonight. She's like, I love lists. I need a list. So we're doing a list because that's what she needs and that's what we do, right? We do what is necessary to make our spouse feel fulfilled, right? So we're making a list. And we'll, get, we'll try to get everything done. But I, I believe we should have goals and dreams and ambitions, and I believe we should have it in every aspect of our life. The Word of God is full of promise. It's full of fulfilled dreams. And it's full of the impossible, the impossible being accomplished by the unlikely. So the next time that you think of something that you feel like you want to do and you say, oh, it's just me. Or you, you have a dream of something that you want to do and say, oh, it's just me. Think about what Scripture says about all the stories that we study and hear about all the time about God doing crazy things with unlikely people. And maybe he's just trying to do something crazy with your unlikely self and my unlikely self, right? Talk about Joseph on Sunday. I want to I pull a couple of Scriptures out of his story. In Genesis 37... Bible says Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright, and your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. I believe that God gives us dreams. And God can give us dreams besides spiritual dreams. He can give us those. But I believe God can give you a dream of what he wants to do with your life. I believe he can give you a dream of a business or a dream of a hobby that's going to release some stress from your life or a dream of, of something that's going to change your life and, and, and make the lives of other people better. But God gave Joseph a dream, and it was his dream. It wasn't somebody else's dream. It was his, and God made it just for him. He held on to his dream for years. We talked about it Sunday. Through much adversity, he held on to his dream and refused to let go. And just like in his dream, he saw it happen. I believe that we need to dream big in every area of our lives. We talk about Sunday, about knowing who we are. When we get that peace, it's going to open up dreams in our spirits. It's gonna, when, we, when we embrace who we are and that we're a child of God and he's got purpose for our life, it's going to awaken things in us that have, they have lain dormant for years. Right? Now it's quiet. Because some of you are scared to open those doors in your spirit and in your heart. 
because you're scared you're going to disappoint yourself or you're going to fail or something's not going to go right. Don't be scared because God's got you. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of love and a sound mind. Right. I believe we need to dream big. I believe God is looking for some spiritual giants, not just spiritual survivors. Right? You may feel like you came in here on this Wednesday night, kind of punched drunk and staggered in the door saying, Jesus, I need a touch. But he wants us to come in here and, and walk out of here. This is for strength. This is for, for sustenance for us. He wants us to walk out of here with our shoulders square, our head high, ready to kick some devil tail. That makes sense? I believe God wants us some spiritual giants. The Bible says that we're supposed to covet. The only place in the Word of God it says to covet because covet's a sin. But the Bible says in King James that we're supposed to covet. NIV says to earnestly desire spiritual gifts. That means we, we shouldn't be happy with just walking in the door. We should be earnestly desiring or coveting God to put, to put something else in us, to flow through us, to work through us, to grow in God's spirit and, and be used in God's kingdom. That doesn't, who's ever heard somebody just, just pray my strength? Just pray my strength that I can make it. I was raised since I was this big going to church, and I've heard so many people say, just, just pray my strength that I can make it. That's, that's, not, that's not the vocabulary of a spiritual giant. That's somebody that doesn't know who they are. That's someone that's not utilizing what God has given them, and it's somebody that doesn't have a dream. That's somebody that's just existing or trying to survive. We, we need to turn into the kind of people that take territory instead of just protect what we have. And you only do that with dreaming. You only do that with looking at what's possible outside of where you are. Do you think Gideon had any clue or any foresight what was going to happen to him and through him when he went to, to try to get some meal to feed his family? No. One of my favorite stories in the Bible. He was there hiding out and this angel shows up. He's, he's hiding from his enemy trying to grind meal for his family. And this angel shows up and says, what's up, Gideon, oh mighty man of valor? <laughs> Be like somebody walk up to me right now and say, What's up, you 12 pack rich dude with a Lamborghini? I'd be like, Who are you talking to? You're certainly not talking to my right now. And God wasn't speaking to his right then. He was speaking to what he was going to do once he followed the steps that God was going to put out in front of him. It wasn't like this moment of transformation where, where Gideon was standing there and he was doing his thing and the angel said, okay, abracadabra, touch him with the wand and he transformed into this warrior. No, it was a process of fleecing God. It was a process of, of having an army and God whittling it down to 300 men and then doing things with, with pitchers, lamps, and trumpets to fight a battle. Just sounds crazy, but that's what God used to win a war through somebody who was secretly trying to feed his family. He wasn't speaking to his right then. He was speaking to his future. And sometimes God speaks to our future and it scares us. That's why God a lot of times can't trust us with big picture stuff. He just gives us the next step. Because if he gave us big picture, we would run the other way. Right? We need some big dreamers in this place. We need some spiritual awakening in, in our relationship with God. We need to dream big in the God realm, big, dream big in the kingdom area of our life and say, God, what can, you, what can you do through me? 
Broken as I am, as imperfect as I am, and maybe as inconsistent as I am, what can you do with me? Think about the people God used in the Bible. Just think for a minute. Peter cussed somebody out when Jesus was being about to be crucified. He said, I don't know this dude. Really? He just cut somebody's ear off defending him, and then suddenly he doesn't know him. And look what God did with him. Jonah ran the other way, ended up spending three days in the belly of a big fish, saved the city. We learned about Moses' excuses on Sunday and what God did through him. Gideon hiding out. God used imperfect people to do crazy things. Dream big when it comes to your relationship with God. I believe in life in general, God wants us to dream big. When we understand, going back to Sunday... We realize who we are and the promise that God has put in us. Understand that you are a walking billboard and a commercial for God. Right? Everybody that sees you, that knows who you are, that they, they know what you claim and who you say you are and what you say you do, they are testing, they're, they're judging what you do by what you say. Right? They're judging what you do by what you say, and, and they are seeing if the fruit is hanging on the tree or if it's rotten or if it's just bare branches with no leaves. They're judging you. I've heard people say, only God can judge me. Ultimately, yes, he's the one that determines your eternity. But everybody that looks at you judges you every day. Every day, everyone that looks at you judges you every time they look at you. And we have to understand that we are a billboard for Jesus Christ. And he doesn't want us depressed. Right? He doesn't want us angry all the time. He doesn't want us bitter. He doesn't want us full of hate or frustrated or living in fear. He doesn't want us broke-minded. Understand there are seasons in your life where you may be broke. There have been seasons in my life where I have been dead broke. But I have never, since I knew what money was, I have never been broke-minded. And that's a choice. Why? Because I see the possibility of what God can do. Because I see what what can happen. I see the possibility. And I am a dreamer. I I am. Big old dreams. My goodness. And it's, it's cool. But God doesn't want us to be a negative billboard for him. I believe we should have big dreams and big goals. God doesn't want us miserable. Abundant life. Jesus came, said, I came so that you have life and have it more abundantly. Or NIV says, have it to the full. Abundant life isn't just existing. It's not just existing every day, trying to, you know, you get up and you're exhausted. Who gets up tired sometimes? It seems like this week, every morning, I've been like, is it bedtime yet? I'm just being transparent. I've woken up tired every day this week. Abundant life isn't waking up wishing it was bedtime. And if you haven't been there, you can't understand it. But if you've been there, you can completely understand what I just said. That's not abundant life. That's not the life that he wants us to have. The fruit of the Spirit is for your benefit as well as for proof of people to see who you are. It's for your benefit as well as God's proof of ownership. Did I say ownership? (laughs) I said ownership. We have been 
bought with a price. We're bought with a price. Live life. Live a full life. But live a godly life. Because everybody you know is watching you and you're influencing somebody's life. We should have fun. I believe we should, we should, we should be happy and have fun. I believe that. And if we're not, something's missing. Enjoy yourself. It's not all about you, but it can be a little bit about you. Right? Abundant life means I'm happy. Abundant life means that things are, are, are going in the right direction. So set some goals. Dream big in your normal life. How about in your career? Your career, your business, whatever you do. God needs you to be successful. Well, what does that mean? Let's go back to the walking billboard. He needs you to be successful to demonstrate what he can do in someone's life. He needs you to do well. He needs you to make some money. He needs you to look good. I, I, what, Saturday morning, maybe. Tristan the other day said, man, it's, it's like a real treat to have McDonald's now because we don't eat it very much anymore. I'm like, yeah, this is true. It's a good thing, though. So one day over the weekend, we went to get Saturday, I think, or Sunday. I don't know what day it was. We went to McDonald's to get the kids' food just Tawana and I, and we are in line, and we are behind this girl. And she, her hair is, is stringy around her head, but it's pulled up, twisted with something through it. And it's, just, it's not a messy, neat do. It's I just rolled myself out of bed and found the straightest thing I could find and stuck it through my hair so it's not hanging down around everything. And she had on this big, nasty, floppy T-shirt. And nasty, nasty looking old, just black Mickey Mouse PJ bottoms. <laughs> Awful looking. And some kind of fuzzy house shoes. I said, when did people start leaving the house like this? In Falston. I'm like, Really? It was repulsive, right? It was repulsive. I believe we shouldn't leave the house like that. And I'm meddling right now. But I believe we shouldn't leave the house that way. Because when somebody sees us, they should see something that they're drawn to. Take care of yourself. Go out of the house looking good. God desires us to be successful and to look like it and to act like it. Right In our career, he wants us to be successful because we're a commercial for his provision and what he can do in our lives. He uses us to fund the kingdom of God, so we need to be successful. We must have in order to give. See, people don't always grasp that concept. You have to have something in order to give it. And God can't replenish a hand unless it's open. And sometimes you have to let some things go to get some more things in that hand, right? He uses us to fund his kingdom. Dream big dreams. Don't stop where you are in your career path. Go as high as you can go. Get as much as you can get. You should have financial goals. You should have work goals and business goals. If you want to make millions, do it. 
You may have never heard that at a church before. But if you want to make some millions, guess what? Go make some millions. Because you can do it. Honor God. And every time you honor God, guess what? He honors you because he can't lie and go back on his word. Now can he? He can't do it. I believe we should set some goals in our relationships. This is a big one. I've said time and time and time and time again that we are who we hang around. You show me your five closest friends and I will show you your future. It's proven every time over and over and over and over. And I think my iPad just may have given given up the ghost. Like for real, it may be dead. And that's never a good thing. Because I wasn't ready for this. It's only how old? Five, six years old? It's ancient for one of these things. But I believe we should have relationship goals. And I, I, don't, think, I don't think when we come to God that we, should, that we should just forget who our friends are, forget who we've been around. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying we should be careful about, about who we're letting speak into our lives, right? I believe we should be careful about who's giving us advice and, and what we're doing with our time and, and who's investing into us. I believe that. I believe with all my heart. But I will say this. It's not just about who you hang around. I believe we should be touching everybody's life. But I believe we should be mentoring other people and helping them dream big. I believe we should be touching people's lives. I think we should mentor people and reach out and touch people. But I believe we should be influenced by greatness. I'll be transparent again. One of my weakest areas is I hate self-help books. They put me right to sleep. Serious. They put me right out. It takes me forever to read a book that helps me. My brother-in-law tells me, he's like, you know it's bad when, when your brother-in-law says, it's, it's a good read, but it's an easy read. Anything he recommends me to read, he's got to preface it by saying it's an easy read because he knows I won't read it. Because I hate reading. So it's, it's, it's horrible to say, but I don't like reading self-help books. Man, when I go on vacation, you give me a good book, and I can spend hours on the beach. Water crashing, umbrella here, 65 bottles of water, and a book, and snacks. And I'm good to go for hours. I believe we should mentor others but be influenced by greatness. That means find somebody that's smarter than you. Find somebody that makes more money than you. Find somebody who's done what you want to do but does it better. Find somebody you want to be like and attach yourself to them and grow. Dream big. Don't be the insecure person that has to be the smartest person in the room. Don't be the insecure person that has to tell everybody how much you know because you end up looking stupid. That's just truth. Don't be the person that always has to be telling people how you do things. I know, I know one person, and, and every, time, every time somebody would say, this is what we do, he's like, yeah, 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 I know, this is what we do. Well, what I do is, you can be like, I wash my tires on my car this way. Well, yeah, what I do is, and there's always a story to top somebody else. Don't be that guy. 
Be the person that can, that can be in a room with somebody that you know is smarter than you, that you know has made more money than you, that you know has, has, they're, they're, they're where you want to be. And be smart enough to be quiet and listen. And let that feed your dreams. Let that feed what God has given you and what, and what he's doing in your life. Dream big, but then get where. I've, I've been very intentional in the last couple of weeks about, about reconnecting with some people that are more successful than I am. And they make a lot more money than I do. Why? Because I need to. Because it's not always cool being the person in the room that everybody looks to. Does that make sense? It's just what it is. Who has business dreams, job dreams? I know some of you do. Mentor somebody but be influenced. I can't say enough. Mentor somebody but be influenced by greatness. I have dreams for our church. Anybody have dreams for this church? You have visions for for what we can be and visions for what God can do for us and visions what God can do through us. You, You may not have thought about it, but maybe you should start thinking about it. What can God use you for to make our church great? What can God use you for to enhance and grow the kingdom of God? What can I do? I can dream about all kinds of things. I can dream about everything in every area of my life, but unless I do something, nothing changes. I can say I want to be fit. But unless I say no to the Big Macs and yes to some exercise, because I am to the age where cutting out sodas no longer works. <laughs> Just this time last year, if I wanted to lose five pounds, I could go a week without drinking soda or coffee and I would lose five pounds. <laughs> Flat line right now. It doesn't matter. I am at that age and I know I am. But I can say I want this, and, and unless I do something to change what I'm getting right now, then I'm not going to, my six-pack will remain this keg. And that's just the way it is. That's as real as I can be. I can say I want to save for retirement, uh, but unless I stop spending everything I get, I will never have retirement. It's great to get a raise. It's great to make more money, but if, I'm, if I get the raise and then I budget the raise gone, if I, just spend, if, if I get more money but just spend more money, I still have nothing. I may have some stuff, but when I'm older and want to retire, I won't be able to. Does that make sense? Kay's told me stories about, she's one of these people everybody comes to. Like she helps, I don't know, hundreds of people. And she, she works at, at Johns Hopkins, and she, she, tell me, she tells me stories about people come to her, and, and, and they'll talk to her about savings and money and this and that, and she'll help them. Go to the credit union or wherever it is they go, and, and they'll set up an account and do an automatic deduction of $10 a week or $20 a week, and that's a Christmas fund or a savings account. And, and she helps people save money that they normally wouldn't save because even if you put it in a drawer, the first time you don't have cash and want to go to McDonald's, guess where you're going to go? You're going to go to the drawer. We have a drawer, don't we? <laughs> it's like you need 20 bucks. There's the drawer. It's not safe. It's not safe. Because it's always there and it's always accessible. Unless we do something different, we won't get anything different. If I don't change behavior... 
Here's the first thing you can do to change things and to go where you want to go. Be a see-thrower. I'm getting some looks. What's that? What's a see-thrower? Most of us are look-atters. We look at problems. We look at adversity. We look at our situation. And we assess it. And we see how big it is. And we see how bad it is. And we stop right there and we just keep looking at it. We just keep looking at it. And as long as we just look at it, guess where it'll be? Always there. Always there because when, when we get stuck, we, we, we look and we wish. Oh, I wish things weren't so hard. I wish things weren't so bad. I wish this or I wish that. That's what a look at her does. It just looks at the problem. A see-thrower looks past the problem and sees where you're going. What, did, what does Scripture say about Jesus? He endured the shame of the cross for the joy that was set before him. He was in a bad place. He endured misery and shame and affliction and, and all kinds of horrible things for us. But he did that. He wasn't a lookouter. He didn't wallow where he was. He looked ahead. The joy that was set before him, he endured the shame of the cross so we could have what we have. That was his big dream. So what is your big dream? It's not going to come without sacrifice. It's not going to come without problems. It's not going to come without situations. And you have a choice. You're either a lookouter or you're a see-thrower. You look at it and talk about how bad it is and say you can't and it's impossible. But if you're a see-thrower, all you're going to see is the promise. And you'll work your way through the problem or go around it or, or climb it or whatever you have to do. Job was a see-thrower. He said, when he is, he knows the way that I take. And when he, talking about God, when he's finished with me, I will come forth as pure gold. He wasn't focused on the problem. He was focused on the reward of the process. You want to dream big and be successful. You can't focus on every problem that's thrown at you. You have to look through and see the the promise and see the goal and see where you're going and, and, and get through the process to get there. If I want to be closer to God, I'm the one that has to change because he's the same yesterday, today, and, and forever. He's always the same. It floors me that people think they, that they can just come to church and, and have the spirit and the power and the blessings of God on, on their terms. That's audacity. For me to think that I can live and behave however I wish and still have all the promises of God. Second Corinthians says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away and all things become new. It doesn't say God changes who he is. It says if any man's in Christ, he is a new creature. Little h, not big h. Old things pass away and all things become new. If I have a dream of being closer to God and being saved, I need to change. Right? Hmm. If I want to be closer to God, I have to be willing to make tough choices in my life and do what he's called me to do and be who he's called me to be. If I want, if I want some good things in my personal life, in my physical life, I have to make some plans. I have to set some goals. I can't just say, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go to the gym. I'll never go to the gym. I have to make a decision. I'm going to the gym in the morning before work, and I'm setting my clock for this time. I'm laying out my gym clothes. I'm doing all the things, I'm prepping for all the things I have to do to go to the gym. I'm getting my mind right. I'm getting preparation done. I'm setting goals, but I'm putting action behind it because faith without works is dead. A plan without action is just a plan. If I'm going to dream big, I've got to put some action in there to get it done. 
Ask God for some vision for our church. Find something to do. Find a place to serve. Be the change that you want to see. If you, need, if you see something that needs to be done, don't just, well, don't be a look at her and say, oh, that needs to be done. <laughs> oh, that's, that's bad. Look, you see that? Would you look at that? Just look at it. Right? Just look at it. Don't be the look at her. Be the see through her. Be the person who sees something and says, I can, I, can, I can be involved. I can do something to change how this is right now because change is going to come through you. Change is going to come through me. Jump in. Do something. Realize your dreams. Realize somebody else's dreams. Just, just see dreams come to pass. Who, who likes Pizza John's? Hands way up. Two hands. Pizza John's is good stuff. Pizza John is a first, he's an immigrant. First generation American. Still has a bit of an accent when you talk to him. He started Pizza John's, who knows what year it was started? 70, 72, 60 something? When Pizza John's, you've been there, you see how awesome it is, the big rooms and nice tile and granite countertops and all this stuff. When Pizza John's started, it was a dream. It was a walk-up stand. There was no seating. There was no restaurant. It was like Rita's Icy for pizza. Right? That's what Pizza John's was. It was a walk-up stand where you got pizza. And through 50 years, look what it is now. Because Pizza John had a dream. Right? He saw something that he wanted, and he, he went about and did things to make it happen. That's what that is. It's setting a goal. And it's doing something to make your dream happen. That's it. Pizza John's was a walk-up stand. So you may have a dream, but your dream depends on you. This dream right here started, there was no church here. There was a bug-infested house on this corner somewhere. That when you opened the door, they, they said you could see bugs scurry. That's nasty. But through a dream and action behind a dream, there's a church here. And it's been here for 50 years. Because somebody had a dream. And we call him Pap-Pap. But he dreamed big. And he got outside of his comfort zone. Do you realize that when, when it was time for the church to be, to be built, they couldn't afford an architect? And he had never done any kind of... He was a bread delivery guy, an insurance salesman. So he got some paper and a ruler, and he drew the plans he wanted on a piece of paper, took him to Towson for approval, and got approval and built the church. Simple as that. He got a piece of paper, a pencil, and a ruler, and drew the plans of what he wanted. Somehow did it right, went to Towson, got permits, and built the church. Dug the foundation by hand, not with a backhoe, and they built the church. Why? Because there was a big dream. And it wasn't just a big dream. There was action to go with it. And you say, oh, this is not for me. This, this sounds good, but don't give yourself. Don't feed yourself the same line that every defeated person in the history of humanity has given themselves. Because if God gives you a dream, guess who it's for? It's not for me. I got my own. Right? It's for you. If God gives you a dream, it's for you. Just like Joseph's dream was for him. If he gives it to you, it is yours. God gives dream, he will give provision to do it. 
If he gives a dream, he will give knowledge to do it. He will give ability to do it. Philippians 1 6 says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Whatever God starts in you, he will finish. Whatever dream God puts in you, you may not have, you may be middle age and, and, don't, and, and you want to play an instrument. Guess, guess what you can do? You can learn to do it. Learning something has never been easier than it is right now because of YouTube and Google. You can learn how to play an instrument on Google. You can learn how to take your car completely apart and put it back together on Google. Whatever you want to do, it's on YouTube. I promise. Everything for the last couple of years that I haven't known how to do, I know Pastor Andrew's the same way. Everything we don't know how to do, YouTube it because it's there. Somebody has done it, somebody has blazed the trail, and it's there. God will equip you and make you able to do whatever he's called you to do and whatever dream he's put in you. You may have, when you're this big and this big, dreamt of being something, and, you're, and somebody's like, you can be anything you want to be. And as life happens, life does happen. That dream is stolen or, or put on the back burner or shelved. It doesn't matter where you are or how old you are or how old you're not. You can be anything that you want to be. Does that make sense? You can be anything that you want to be. You can do anything. Don't live a defeated life. Don't give up on your dream. Don't stop dreaming. Anybody want to be honest for a minute and say that you've stopped dreaming or that you have in the past had periods of your life where you just, nah, and just kind of muddled through? Don't stop dreaming. Journey sings a song, don't stop believing. Right? Don't stop believing in what God can do in your life. Don't stop believing in, in the abilities and talents that he's given you. And don't stop believing in, in your ability. And don't certainly stop believing in the power that he has and that he can work through you. If he, if he has inspired you to do something, if he has given you a dream, don't give up on it. What if Joseph had given up after he was thrown into slavery? What if he, was give, what if he gave up after he was put in prison? What if he just stopped and said, okay, I'm done? A nation would have starved during a drought. What if Gideon had said, oh, come on, I'm not a mighty man of valor. This is just hogwash. This is just stupid. This is not for me. The Midianites would have continued their oppression of God's people. God's plan, God's dream in their life was fulfilled because they took the steps necessary to make it happen. What does God have planned for your life? What dream has he given you? What promise has he put in your spirit that, that, uh, that, that you, you think is impossible, that you think can't happen, that you think may be silly? Has anybody been, t- been told that your dreams are silly? That your plans are silly? Nah, they're not. Because you can do whatever you want to do. I don't know what God's plans are for everybody in here, but I promise you it's not complacency. It's not depression. It's not lack. It's not being or living a life of discontentment. It's not that. It's not living a life of frustration or fear. It's none of that because none of those things describe abundant life. 
Those things sound more like nightmares than dreams to me. We wouldn't have electricity without a dream. Does anybody know how many times Mr. Edison failed with the filament? Over a thousand. A thousand times he failed. A thousand times he made a filament or tried to make a filament and it didn't work. He was so convicted and so convinced of what he was doing that he failed a thousand times before it worked. That's a lot of failure. That's a lot of, I can't believe it didn't work again. That's a lot of, maybe, maybe they're right. Let's just keep the gas lamps going. Right? Is this ever going to change? Is this, that's a lot of that. A thousand times he failed. What if, what if Mr. Ford hadn't thought about the assembly line? Modern factories may not be as we know them. Certainly automobile production would not be as, as it is now. What if, what, if, what if Mr. Gates hadn't decided to mess with computers in his garage? Or people hadn't grabbed the mantle of that and said, we need to improve on where we are. You realize the computer power in this, in like 1988, would fill this room. There's more computing power in this phone than was on Apollo 11 that went to the moon. Was it moon or space? Yeah. Think about that for a minute. There's more computing power in your phone than there were the first spacecraft that left our orbit. What if somebody hadn't had a dream? What if there hadn't been a dream to have a church on this corner? What if there hadn't been a dream to have Pizza John's? What if Ray Kroc hadn't seen the promise of, 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 of McDonald's and what it could be? Yeah, that's okay. Phones, watches, HDTV, fast food. None of that happens without dreams. None of that happens without somebody laying themselves out there and saying, I can make this better. I can do this. I have a dream to make it like this. We wouldn't have racial equality without a dream. Right? We wouldn't have. And it's a good thing we do. We've got to have the dream. We need big dreams. And then we plan. And then we take steps in that direction. Let's all stand together tonight.